Hello and welcome to The Ones Who Couldn't Be Saved. It's your host, Maria Odwatola. This episode will be episode one and it is called The Family Murderer. Chris Watts is the man who admitted to murdering his pregnant wife and two young daughters on the morning of August 13, 2018. No one would have ever guessed the brutal murders that were about to take place and put an end to their happily ever after. Shanann and Chris met through social media. In a video that was later released, she said she got a friend request from Chris on Facebook and she was like, what the heck, I'm never going to meet him. One thing led to another and eight eight years later, they have two kids, they live in Colorado and he's the best thing that ever happened to her. So this is the Watts family. We have Shanann who was 34 years old as well as Chris who was 33 years old and their two daughters, Bella who was four years old and Celeste who was three years old at the time. Shanann and Chris met through social media and met up in North Carolina. They got married on November 3rd, 2012. They moved to Frederick, Colorado, and that is where they decided to start their family. And their family of four was expected to grow by one more, being that Shanann was pregnant with their son. Shanann expressed her excitement about having a son. She had never had a boy before, and she figured it was going to be something new and exciting. And Chris always said that he wanted a son. And Shanann was overwhelmed with joy because she was soon going to be able to give him one, or so she thought. She felt like their son was going to be the completion of their family. His name was going to be Nico Lee Watts. One thing to note about Shanann was that she was quite active on social media. She did various live videos and would always post about her kids and her marriage. And as an outsider looking in, you saw that they had a picket fence lifestyle. This family was living good. But as I said, this is an outsider's perspective. Later on down the line, she ended up posting something on her Instagram, and it was quite bizarre to her audience. And in that post, she stated that she was now going to live for herself and do things that make her happy. At the end of the post, it says she was in love with this lifestyle of just living and enjoying every moment with her family and creating memories and living life to the fullest. So essentially, she was putting on a front to her audience. She had also mentioned she had upcoming plans to go to San Diego with Chris from June 22nd to June 26th. And then after she got back that day, she planned on leaving again again that night to go with her girlfriends to her hometown of North Carolina to visit her family and stay there for six weeks. And to lessen any confusion, Shanann will be taking her daughters with her to to go stay with her family in North Carolina for those six weeks. And from the live videos that I've watched and that were resurfaced, you can really see the joy and how excited she was looking forward to spending time with Chris and then going away with her family and friends. Chris began talking to a woman named Nicole Kessinger, and she worked at the petroleum plant that Chris worked at. So they saw each other daily. And at some point, Chris initiated a relationship. Chris saw Kessinger various times a week outside of work, and they had began having a physical relationship in early July. He told her on multiple occasions that he was almost divorced, and later she found out that that was a lie. Later on that month, while Shanann and the girls were out of town, he told Kessinger the divorce was final. Kessinger went to Chris's home for the first time on July 4th, and their first phone on record took place on July 7th. Shanann and her daughters returned home on August 7th, and then on August 10th, Shanann ended up having to go to Scottsdale for a trip with her work. She came back on August 13th at about 2 a.m., and her friend Nicole Atkinson dropped her off. 
She walked inside the house, and that was the last time Shanann was ever seen alive. One thing I learned about Shanann from doing research was that she was very precise on her time management. She had two young daughters, and I think because of this, that is how and why she learned to be tight on her time. That day of August 13, 2018, Shanann actually had a doctor's appointment, and it was for her baby. And when Shanann didn't show up for her appointment, nor return any phone calls or text messages, suspicion began to rise. She was not the type of person to miss anything, especially when it came to her children. Also keep in mind that her job was social media based, so it was uncommon for her not to be on her cell phone. With suspicion at an, suspicion at an all-time high, Shanann's friend Nicole Atkinson, the same one who dropped her off that night, drove over to her house to see if she was there. And as Nicole pulled in to the Watts household, she saw that her car was in the driveway. And as she got a closer look at the vehicle, she noticed both Bella and Cece's car seats were still in the vehicle. She then went up to the door and started knocking and ringing on the door. The Watts actually had a doorbell camera with an intercom, which was quite common at the time. And anytime someone was at their door, they get a notification to their cell phone. So Chris got a notification to his phone while he was at work. And through the intercom, he had asked Nicole what was up. She replied that she was worried about Shanann because she was not answering her phone nor any messages. Chris told her not to worry and said that she was taking their daughters for a play date. And as an outsider looking in, that really doesn't add up. Why would her car be outside and the car seat still be in the car and she's taking them for a play date? So that began to raise question in Nicole's mind. So Nicole ended up dialing the cops to find a, to file a mis missing persons report on Shanann and her daughters. And when the police arrived, they did the same thing Nicole had did with ringing the doorbell and looking inside the house. And of course, there was no answer from anyone. And at this point, the officers dialed Chris to see what was going on. They had let him know that they, were, that they were at the residence to do a welfare check, and he had asked Chris to give him the code to their garage so he, get, so he could get in the house. Chris stated that the garage was broken, but that he was five minutes away, so the officer waited there, and when, they, and when he showed up, they went inside. All of Shanann's personal items and their daughter's personal items were still in the home, and that raised even more question. As the checkup went on, neighbors began to question Chris and his actions. They noticed that he was acting unusual. He was fidgety and doing certain things that you would just do when you're suspicious. Their case became public very quickly and it went downhill from there. At the beginning of it all, Chris agreed to do TV interviews where he put up where he put on a torn up face in an appearance over his family's disappearance and begged and cried and pleaded for their safe return. Two days later, on August 15, 2018, he was arrested in connection to their murders. Coming up on season one of The Ones Who Couldn't Be Saved, we'll be discussing more about the case, parts of his trial, his verdict, how he's doing behind bars, and what each family has to say. The Ones Who Couldn't Be Saved has been a production of me, Maria Odutola. Because this is now a closed case, we would love to hear your thoughts. You may email us at saved at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter and Facebook at The Ones Who Couldn't Be Saved. It helps a lot when you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast that you enjoy listening to. Thank you for your support and thank you for listening. <laughs>